behold, again, he entered the second time in his mother's womb and be born. Jesus says, Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again of water and spirit. For that which is flesh is flesh, and that which is spirit is spirit. Don't let, don't let the analogy of being born again um, mess you up in the mind. But the way you are born naturally is the same way you're born spiritually. If you are here tonight and you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you've had the appetizer, but you've not had the main course. The appetizer's great, but wait till you taste the main course. Yeah. He said, I don't, I don't get this. And Jesus said, I, I don't want to mess you up. He said, here, let's just sum it up like this. The wind bloweth, we're listening. Thou hearest the sound thereof, and canst not tell from whence it cometh. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Right up here at me. Jesus said, you must be born again. Not the preacher, not the evangelist, not an organization, not a local assembly. Jesus said, you must be born again. When the guy he said, you must be born again to, got a little messed up in his mind, he said, look, I'll make it easy. If you ever get born again, you're going to feel something like wind blow through you and on you. It will produce a sound. You will not know where it comes from, and you will not know where it goes. But you will hear the sound of wind. You still with me? When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there come a sound from heaven as if a rushing mighty... Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Rushing mighty wind and set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. So, if you're here tonight and you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, I encourage you before this night is over, taste and see that the Lord is good. Don't leave here tonight without the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. I know some Pentecostals, that was a waste of time, but to people who are new to this, it's instructions. We want you to know what we ask you to do is biblical. It's not just emotional. It's not a gimmick. It's biblical. Jesus said so is everyone. If you plan on going to his heaven, you better play by his rules. Thank you for letting me come. Thank you for the last two weekends. Tremendous, tremendous to get to meet you, be with you, enjoy the presence of the Lord with you. One more night here. Will you go with me to the word of the Lord? Amen. Isaiah chapter 63. It's good to have my nephew, my niece. They're wonderful, beautiful children. Of course, I think I'm getting old enough. I think all kids are beautiful. That's because mine are grown. Fifteen years ago, all kids were devils. <laughs> Amen. Got news just a few days ago that I'm going to be a grandpa, so I'm sure my world's fixing to change. But be that as it may, we're here tonight to preach, not reminisce. Amen. To Brother and Sister O'Connell, thank you for letting us come. Enjoyed getting to know your pastor and his wife. Wonderful, wonderful people. I told my wife this week, I said, I think we've met somebody that looks younger than you do. Amen. I was on a plane the other day, and it was my wife and my youngest boy, and I was on the aisle, and she was in the middle, and Colton was on the window, and the gentleman going to give us some drinks walked by and 
asked my boy what he wanted, and he told them, asked my wife what she wanted. She had earplugs in. Man, would you like something to drink? And she didn't hear him. Man, would you like something to drink? She didn't hear him. She said, sir, what would your daughter like to drink? I ain't laughing. I said, I don't know. I never had one. But my wife likes Diet Coke. Amen. <laughs> Enjoyed getting to know this church and uh, believing in you that God's got you right where he wants you. Amen. Isaiah chapter 63. Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Basra? This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to say. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth out the wine fat? I have treaden the winepress alone, shout alone. And of the people, there was none with me. Now, I know that you don't know how important that statement is right now, but I do. And so, would you do me a favor today? Would you say, I have trodden the winepress all by myself. And there was none, say it with me, and there was none with me for I will tread them in my anger and trample them in my fury and their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments and I will it'll make sense in a little bit and I will stain all my garments for the day of vengeance is in mine heart and the year of my redeemed is come I want to preach to you today, where in my world did God go? Where in my world did God go? It will all make sense in a minute. Father, we love you. Lift your voice in your hands one more time. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord before you're seated. Amen. You may be seated. Let me be very clear here on the outset of my sermon tonight that there is no place, nowhere, no high, no low. We heard it sing about tonight that the presence of God is not. I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. I will be with you even to the ends of the world. I, I want you to know how firmly I believe that principle. There is no place that God is not. There is no nation. There is no continent. There is no corner. There is no high or there is no low place that God is not. He is in every hospital room. He's in every prince. He's in every palace. He's in every high, low. It doesn't matter where you are, where you've been, or where you're going. You've got to believe me tonight when I tell you that God has already been there. He's waiting on you or has already. Help me a little bit. He's just going to be God. He doesn't need my help to be God. He doesn't need your help to be God. He's God all by himself. And he's not a bad God. He's not a weak God. He's not an entroubled God. He's king 
of kings. He's Lord of lords. He is not just the first and the last, but he's the Alpha and the Omega. He is the A and the Z. He is the first and the last. He's the one that was, is, and will be. He is there. He is here. He is. I'm just waiting on you to catch up to me. We're, we're not in trouble because our God is not asleep as other gods sleep. We're not in trouble. Our God is not gone on vacation. He is ever present. He is omnipotent, omniscient. He is everywhere, all the time, every place. He's in my life. He's in your life. He's in this house. He. He is God. He's God on the platform. He's God back at the door. He's God in the amen corner. He's God all over the floor. He's God when the lightning, I know I went old school on you. He's God when the lightning flashes. He's God when the thunder, he's just God. He's a good God. He's a great God. He's an awesome God. He's a glorious God. He's a God that deserves your applause and your praise. He's a God that has earned the right to stand back and say, ye are my people. Ye are the sheep of, come on, congregation. Hallelujah. He is the fountain of my joy. He is the bread of my table. He is the song of my night. He is the foundation of our building. He is the source of my comfort. He is the rock of my shelter. He is the captain of my battle. He is the shepherd of my pasture. He is the pilot to my ship. He is the strength to my days. He's the means of my assurance, just to name a few. But more than that, he's mine. He's all mine. He's all in me. He is my Savior. He is my Redeemer. He is my friend. He is my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may not understand the exuberance or the hand clapping here tonight, but when you found the joy of life, when you found the source of joy, when you found the good, when you found the great, it's just got to be celebrated. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I did. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. We did. And that's why we clap, and that's why we jump up, and that's why we say, God is a good God even in all things. Hallelujah. He created heaven and earth all by himself. He didn't need a committee. He didn't need a junior. He didn't need a co-equal. He did it all by himself. He didn't pull material out of a pre-existing place or substance. He just opened his mouth and said, let there be. Boy, that may not trip you up, but it does me. He didn't go to Lowe's or Home Depot and get all the building supplies. He just opened up his mouth and said, let there be and there. We, we, need to, we need to ponder on that a minute. He didn't have to have a committee to tell him what to do and how to do and when to do. He just got up and said, I believe I'll create a world today. Let there be light and there was let the firmament divide and the firmament. If you read Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, the six days of creation, it will begin with, and God said. That text, that context will end with, and it was so. You didn't get it. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. Is there anybody here tonight that has a prophecy when God said? 
Let me encourage you before the evening is done. It shall be so. God is not a liar. God is not. Come on, congregation. God is not a liar. God cannot lie. If God said it, God will. Help me right now. God will do it. God will come to pass. God will come through. My God have mercy. I, I, I think we need, just need to go back just a minute and remind some of you good people that the word of God cannot return to him void. Not one dot, not one tittle shall be wiped away or return void. There is nothing of God's word that will ever fall on the ground and rot. His seed will never rot. His seed will never grow old. It is as fresh today as it was the day he gave it to you. That's okay. Time out. We're going to work on this just a minute when Elijah and Elisha met each other. It was the younger man to the elder man. He said, whatever you've got, I want. He said, I don't have anything to do with you. And Elisha said, yes, sir. When you walked past me, you touched me. You brushed me, and something happened to me. And Elijah said, you need to go on back home, kid. I don't have time for somebody like you. And Elisha said, whether you go, I go. From here on out, I am your shadow. And it was some time later that Elijah looked at him and said, what is it that you want? He said, okay, I'll tell you what I want. I want a double portion of your spirit. I want two times for every one time God blessed you. Here we go. And the Bible says that Elijah looked at him and said, here's the deal. If you are with me and you see me, it is possible to be with something and not see something. But if you are with me and you see me when I go, you will have my double portion. And it was right before the promise of God raptured Elijah that Elijah turned to Elisha and said, you need to stay here. And he said, no, sir, I'm not staying here. A few days later, he said, you need to stay here. And Elisha said, no, sir, I'm not staying here either. Because if I let you out of my sight, I may lose my double portion. <laughs> and Elisha watched Elijah get raptured, the whirlwind, the fiery chariot came down and delivered him up. And as he was watching the chariot with Elijah, um, this little man will come floating down. And Elijah reached down and picked it up and said, I've got a question. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And he smote the waters and it rolled back. Number one. And if you start right there, you will read through the death of Elisha that Elisha received almost double, but he died one short. And if you take the word of God and you say that God failed you because you died, you don't know God. Because it was some years later <laughs> When the people of God were in a battle and one of their soldiers fell dead and they said, we don't have time to bury him. And they said, throw him in that sepulcher right there. And they threw the dead soldier on top of Elijah's dead or Elisha's dead bones. And when the body of he that was dead touched Elisha that has been dead, boom. And God said, when I tell you something, death can't even stop. You're not hearing me tonight. God will not lie to the church. God will not lie to you, mama. God's not going to lie to you about your kids. 
I've been waiting a long time for it. Wait some more because God's got it all figured out. Come on, lift your voice, clap your hands, and give God praise here tonight. word of God will always come to pass. Boy, that didn't go over very good. After all of that, the word of God will always, always. The revelator said he saw a vial in the heavens and he looked over and said, that's an awful big vial. What is it that's in there? And the angel said, hmm, that's a very special pot to the Lord. He said, like I asked, what, what is that? And he said, that is all the prayers of the saints. We, we got this preconceived ideas that there's an end game to God's word. That life and death and circumstances seem what to have some kind of control or effect on the word of God. It doesn't work that way. When Jesus looked at Mary and Martha, he said, I want you to know today, I am the resurrection and the life. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I am the resurrection and the life. And they said, oh, we know you are. He said, yeah, you know I am today because there's nobody dead in your world. But in a few days, there's somebody going to be dead. But if you'll listen to me today, when that day gets here, your faith will not fail you. I am always the resurrection and the life. Master. Master, your friend Lazarus is sick. Master, your friend Lazarus is almost dead. Master, your friends are calling for you. And Jesus said, tell them I'm on my way. And Lazarus was that way, and Jesus went that way. Why would Jesus purposely let Lazarus die? Because before Lazarus was sick, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead... See, the problem with us Pentecostals is we start doubting in the night what God gives us in the light. And it's only the darkness of night that reveals the revelation of the light. He is my ever-present friend in the time of trouble. How do you know that until you're in trouble? He is a healer. How do you know until you're sick? I'll tell you, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear. My God, help me preach tonight. I will fear no evil. Why? Thou art with me. Hallelujah. Clap your hands and give this great, big, glorious God all kinds of praise. Get this preconceived idea that circumstances dictate God's abilities. God doesn't need my help to do anything except his vocal cords. That's it. He's big enough. He's bad enough. He's not a junior. Oh, God. You know, this, this, this creation thing, um, it, it, it's mind-blowing that God could just open his mouth and say, let there be. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth, and though he created it, it was without form, and it was void, but it was created. 
I'm going to work on this just a minute. Let there be and there was. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. It was chaotic. It was chaos. But just because it was chaotic and chaos did not mean that heaven and earth was not there preexistent after he opened his mouth. Because from that moment to the end of creation, he visited heaven and earth and ordered. I'll, I'll say it like this. The grass was in the ground. The trees was in the ground. The stars were in the sky. The woman was in the man. You get the principle? The fish were in the water. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It was, but it was masked in darkness, chaos. And the Spirit of the Lord moved upon. Are you still with me? This isn't false doctrine. And the Spirit of the Lord moved upon. It brooded over. It hovered above. What was it waiting on for the voice of the Creator to organize what was already spoke into existence? May I tell you here, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost, that every miracle that you'll ever get is already preexistent. Every blessing that you're ever going to get is already preexistent. It just takes somebody with the voice of the Creator to say, let, where are you at tonight? Let there be. You want the Holy Ghost? All you got to do is stand to your feet, lift your hands and say, I receive the Holy Ghost. You need healing? You need a miracle? It starts. Come on, lift your voice. The Holy Ghost is here right now. We, we cannot fathom the power that we have until we fathom who he is. I preached to you on the first service I was here on the revelation of him, the revelation of us, and the revelation of me. That is the revelation of the Godhead. Christ, or God in Christ, and Christ in me. Just, just nod your head. You know it's good. It's God in Christ and Christ in you. You're not some weak, anemic Christian. You're not some powerless people. Well, I don't believe that we are. I believe that I have the power to bind and loose on the earth. I believe that if I pray binding in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he will reinforce do you believe that? If there's something coming against me, I have the power through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to speak against it. And if it is God's will, if it be the will of God, it will happen because God said it would happen. Do you believe that? Then how come you're not on your feet taking dominion over the hell you're going through in your house right now? Why are you convinced that you just drew Bad deck of car. It don't work that way. Open up your mouth and say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I take dominion of. Stay, stay, stay standing. Stay standing where you are. You, you don't have to stand if you're not. Just. You'd be surprised how, how much better it gets if people stand with you. And the Spirit of the Lord took the man Adam of whom he had created. And the Bible says he took the man 
and he placed him in the garden. He took the man and put him in the garden and looked him in his eyes and said, Now, you are here, and I give you dominion over all that I've made, everything. Here's your responsibility. Dress it, keep it. You know what our job is? To keep the dominion that he gives us. You know what we do? We kiss it on the forehead and we leave it right where we find it. We'll jump up and say hallelujah and amen. But God does not place you in a garden of dominion and then rip dominion from you and say you're not ready for it. If you've been baptized in Jesus' name, filled the Holy Ghost, and spoken tongues, if you have truly been born again of water and spirit, you are qualified to have dominion and live in the garden. The devil, my God, have mercy. Adam, that's your job. And if you don't keep what God gives you, you will lose everything. You'll lose your garden. You'll lose your wife. You'll lose your life. Everything is about what you can keep. You cannot have victory on one Sunday night and come back and not have victory the next Sunday night. You cannot break into dimensions or dominions on one week and not have them the next week. If that is true, it means that you gained something and you lost it. And if you ever gain something in this eternal kingdom and you lose it, you open the door with a vacuum. And if you don't stay there and fill it, your adversary will. And the next time you present yourself to take back, it's not just flesh you're going to have to war against. It's the principalities and powers that you let take your place. I got news for the devil. What's mine is mine, and it will always be mine. And I have no intentions on having good service one week and not the next week. This thing is progression every week, every service. You may be seated. God is not in the business of tempting us. God is not in the business of forsaking you. God is not in the business of not being there when you need him. That's not God's, that's just not God's way. You may have to go into a fiery furnace, but when you get there, I'll meet you there. You may have to be in a lion's den, but I'll shut the mouth of the lion. You may have to cross a muddy Jordan. You may have to walk around the wall, but just keep walking. Just just keep doing what I ask you to do because I'm always there with you. I need you to hear me. I do not believe there's ever a moment that God is not with us. But reality kicks in. And in the real world that we live in, how come we feel God forsakes us? See, I know where I'm going, and I know how good it is, and you have to endure the getting there, but God is always near me. God is always before me. God is always behind me. He surrounds me. He's ever present with me. So why then do I feel in a crisis? or in a trial, or in a tribulation, or in that unique moment of life that when I pray, heaven does not hear. Now, 
as you probably already put together, I'm not your typical evangelist, and I take that as a compliment. It's, it's time to be real and get real. And, and you, can, you can fib if you want to, but if you've lived for God any length of time at all, you have had your moment when you felt like God forsook you. Now, I convinced you that God doesn't, right? But how come we feel like he does? How come when we pray, sometimes we can't get our prayers past our lips? And other times it seems like angels come with silver trays and fly them to heaven's throne and say, they just prayed this, it's hot off their lips. And other times I can fast until I starve and I pray until I'm weak and heaven does not answer. It seems to me that God is a million miles away. If he's close to, if he's everywhere, if he's omnipresent, it means close to everywhere, near to everywhere. So if God is omnipresent and he's everywhere all the time, how come we feel he's not? How come I have moments in my walk with God when I feel like God forsakes me? I know that we... We don't like talking like this because we don't want to discourage any new converts. We don't want to misrepresent the kingdom. Let me be very real with you, new convert. There will be moments in your life you feel like God forsook you. Thank you. There's just going to be moments when you pray that you don't feel like God hears you. You're going to feel like God doesn't care. You're going to feel like God has forgot your name. Oh, it's fixing to get fun. Jeremiah 23, 24, can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him? If that's true, then why when I pray, you do not answer? Is this too real? How come when I pray, you don't answer? If, if, if you can't hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord, then I feel heaven and earth. So in other words, in heaven and earth, he's always there. So when I close the door to my bedroom and I darken it and I start weeping and crying and and wailing and saying, where are you? How come you've let me down? I prayed and I prayed. And you didn't answer. You didn't care. It seems to me you're a million miles. If you are always there, where are you? Second Chronicles 2.6, but who was able to build him a house? Seeing the heaven and the heavens cannot contain him. Now, just because I'm not screaming doesn't mean I'm not preaching. You know that, right? Okay. The heaven and the heavens cannot contain him. So who among you is able to build him a house? So in other words, you can't contain God. You can't build God a box. He's too big for any box you can build. So there's no situation, no circumstance, no sickness, no box, no jail cell, no disease, no trial, no affliction that God is not there. Well, if he's there, where is he? Here's one for you to ponder on. Job 23, 8 and 9. Behold, I go forward. But he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work. I cannot. You you, got to get me. He's on the left hand. I know he's working. But I can't behold him. Now, let me, let me follow you, Joe. You're wondering where God is. He's not in front of you. You perceive he's behind you. You see him left and right. But you can't 
see him, but you see him. Now we're thinking. So how can I see him but not see him? Because I know he's real. I know he's present, but it's not working for me. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. I'll tell you where you could find him. You just said he's working over here and working over here. But he's not working for me over there. So my dilemma has put me in a very awkward position. I do not feel that God cares for me. My wife and I are in a unique situation with our youngest child. And again, last night he fell and is in an extreme amount of pain. And it's a very serious thing. And the mom and dad and us wanted to run home and take care of him. Um, But there's nothing we can do at home. And so we pray. I prayed with my son several times last night uh, coming into Jonesboro while I was here in Jonesboro. We've checked on him and prayed for him several times today. And in the back of my mind, I'm saying, I can watch you bounce off Pentecostal walls. I can watch you watch and fall. Angels are sitting decent. But I ask you to heal my son. I ask you to take the pain from his body. Now, I'll be real if you'll be real. I preach and I see you take cancers and tumors. Last A couple weeks ago, tumor left the boy's eye. I, I, I'm sorry. Tumor left the boy's eye. Testing one. There it is. It is working. And when I pray, you don't hear me. It's great. I know where we're going. It, it's cool. It's cool. So, where are you? I'm here. Where's here? Now, that I can't tell you. But I'm, oh, it's quiet, isn't it? But I'm here. See, anytime you tell Pentecostal people that God forsakes them, you, you, it's false doctrine. And that's why I preached 15 minutes on telling you that God doesn't forsake you, but God does leave you. Just, just, just looking for all your responses. If God is always there, does he hear you when you pray? You bet he does. Matter of fact, there's not a prayer you can pray that he has not or will not answer. Now, you can't pray against his will and get an answer. But if you pray in accordance to his will, he will answer you. If not today, tomorrow. If not tomorrow, a month or 10 years or 100 years from now. Because his word is eternal. It will never rot. It will never pass away. And so, Job says, if I knew where I could find you, I'd go there. But I don't even know where you are. Everything about my life has been stripped away from me. I see you blessing my neighbors. I hear you and I feel you when I go to church. But as for me and my house, you are not here. So what do you do in those moments? What happens when reality kicks you in the face and you realize, I have prayed and it seems that you have not answered. I have sought you, but I cannot seem to find you. See, these are the questions we're afraid to talk about, but they're real. So what happens? Well, I have good news. Romans chapter 8, verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ. Come here, I picked on Brother Drummer enough. You, you come here. Nothing shall separate us. Link arms with me. Nothing shall separate us. Nothing shall separate us. Nothing shall separate us. See, it's a two-way street. I may try to get let go, but nothing shall separate us, the powers, the us, 
He holds on to me as much as I hold on to him. Nothing shall separate us, not life, nor death, nor principalities, nor powers, nor rulers of darkness. Nothing shall separate us. I made up my mind when I got the Holy Ghost, I was not going back. I would not let go. Nothing. Help me, apostolics. Nothing would turn me around. Now, I'm going to walk you through the scripture, then we're going to go eat pizza. The most unique Old Testament text that I have been able to find is Jeremiah or Isaiah 63. Are you with me? In this unique text, Israel's in trouble. They have fought, they have battled, and they have lost. It is a bad day in Hebron. It couldn't get much worse. They were fighting a trench warfare. The enemy was on the other side, entrenched. Israel is on this side of the valley, entrenched. And they are terrified. Everything they have tried has backfired. Every advance they have tried to make, the enemy hath withstood them. Does anybody know that feeling? I have prayed and I have sought God. I have fasted and I have begged God. And it seems that every move I make, the devil checkmates me. Every move I make, the enemy is there waiting on me. You don't, you don't have to be honest. I'll preach enough honesty for all of us. There are times in my life when I feel like it just wasn't worth getting up for. There have been times in my life when I prayed and fasted that I did not think God heard me. And I was hungry to find out where do you go and what do you do when I feel that way. Don't tell me you're always with me if I feel like you've left me. Don't tell me you love me more than anything if I seek you and cannot find you. Where are you in that moment of my life? The setting of the text is the battlefield with enemies locked in mortal combat. Israel on one side, Edomites on the other side. Trench-based warfare has broke out. Neither side wants to give in and neither side can get victory. But Israel's just about done. Israel has spent her last, her last ounce of energy. No rest, no safety, and no peace. It's over. The main obsession was to keep the children of Israel out of the promised land by continuously harassing and tormenting them. There were no terms. There were no, 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 no way around this. It was victory or defeat. It was all or nothing. It was an endless fight with an undying enemy. It was a contention daily. Does anybody feel what I'm preaching right now? It seems it's just always there. It seems that we can never get over it. The objection of my enemy and your enemy is to kill and to steal and to destroy. You didn't hear me. The enemy has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. Nowhere in his job description does he say coexist or let you live. He wants to steal from you. He wants to kill you and he wants to destroy you. I feel like just as the children of Israel felt at time, what do I do? I've dug in. I've waited. I've prayed. I've fasted. And it seems that if I knew where God was, I'd go there. But I can't even find God. I, I can't find God with your hands. And so I go to church. And everybody's getting blessed. And everybody's getting, oh, they just, they just jumping and juking and pastor recognizes them and uh, the, the people of God love them and me. Yeah, they don't even know I'm there. 
They don't care about me. I don't expect them to care about me if God doesn't care about me. And the enemy, he likes that thought. And he capitalizes on that moment. He convinces you that you have lost. He convinces you that God does not care. He convinces you to pray all you want to, but God can't hear you. He convinces you that your prayers are wasted, but your prayers are never wasted. God always hears me. God always answers me. God always is with me. You've got to help me preach this right now. God is always with us. But if he is, where's he at? Now, you just said he's with me, so where did he go? There's got to be an answer. Israel is in the trenches, can hear something rustling in the darkness. Now, I, I, need, I need some help here tonight. I, I need, uh, are you LeBron James fans or Kobe Bryant fans? What part of the world am I in? Neither one. Who? Okay, Cardinals. You ever, you ever, you ever meet somebody just knows they're good because they're good? You know that ego? I mean, it's like they walk into the room and you just thought there's not much oxygen left. You just know that they know they're good. And if they need to show you how good they are, they don't mind showing you how good they are. Am I, you, you, you picking up what I'm laying down? That, that's what I call swag. I, I reminisced a little bit at the Arkansas campground when I, when I was flirting with my girlfriend then. I walked up there, and they didn't, they didn't believe I could hit the ball that far. And I said, I'm going to put this ball on that tabernacle roof. And they said, only Brother Lumpkin can do that. I said, no, I can. And I put it up there, and I made a belief. That's called swag. You don't mind looking at somebody saying, I can do it if you know you can do it. Uh-huh. You feeling me now? It's just, thank you. It's just like, uh, hand me the ball. Give me and get out of the way. Because when you know you're good, I need, I need somebody with that attitude tonight. Will you help me? Okay. Are you a cop? You don't have a gun on, do you? You're not going to shoot me, right? Do me a favor. Go. Okay. Now, I, I have to make sure you got swag. Now, she got swag to me is what you have internally, you show externally. You with me? When you know you're good, when you know you're good, you don't mind. Come on, you got to sway a little bit. You got to get bad. There you go. You're getting better. You're getting better. That's swag. Let me see you swag a little bit. Let me see you swag, white boy. Come on. You just, you kill a big buck. You're going to walk in and say, look what I, look, look, look at what I shot. Look, look at what, uh-uh. You're going to beat your chest like Tarzan. I mean, yeah. now I, there's a reason I'm doing this. I, I got to have somebody can swag. You, can you swag? Well, let me see you swag. It just, yeah, let me, I, I'm, I'm looking. This is the test run. I'm ready. You ready. Okay, white man can't dance and white man can't swag, but we'll let you go. Come on. Come here. You're the best I got. Come on. 
You just thought you was done. I want you to go to the back of the building and stand there until I point at you. Now, I want you to listen to me. Mites were the many enemies of God. God's people had spent the night in the Edom Valley, and they thought God forsook them. And all of a sudden, come here, brethren, the people of God hunkered down in that moment of crisis, not knowing hunker. There you go. You can't swag or hunker. (laughs) Knowing that God was supposed to hear them, knowing that God was supposed to deliver them, all of a sudden one says, hey, do do you see that? What in the world is that? Now, in my text, it was a question mark. Who is this that cometh from Edom? Who is this that cometh from Bosra? Who is this whose garments are stained red? He looks like he's been in a wine press. And the answer was, it is I. I that am mighty to save. I did it all by myself. I did it alone. When you think I have forsaken you, I have only gone where you cannot go to do what you cannot do because there are some battles that you are incapable of winning and therefore I will put you in a safe place. You may think I've left you, but I will never, ever, 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 ever leave you, but I will fight for you at all costs. Who, who is that that cometh from Edom? And the closer he got, the translation, stay there. The translation says that he swayed from side to side. He had an attitude when he walked out of Bosra. You got to get this. The Edomites, Bosra, his problem. He was incapable of going to Bosra. He was incapable of defeating Bosra. So the Holy Ghost said, I'm going to leave you right here. And I'm going to go where you cannot go. And I'm going to do what you cannot do. God have mercy. Walk walk, walk slow. Would you swag, bro? You got to swag. I'm telling you, you're putting something into it. He said, who is that? Do you know him? And he said, I, 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 I've never seen him before. Where's my coat? Turn around, swag man. Boy, it's on, it's on Facebook right now. He said, he said, your garments, have you been, have you been crushing grapes? And the Lord said, this isn't great, Jesus. My text said, this is the blood of your enemies. Where are you, God? Why do I feel forsaken, God? Stay there. Don't move from that place. Because you're in a safe place. 
you're right where I need you to be. Hold on. I'll be back. And he goes where I am incapable of going. And he'll fight while I am incapable of fighting. But when I see him again, he's got an attitude that says, I did it. I did it all by myself. I didn't need anybody's help because I promise you, I take, my God, have mercy. I promise you I'd take care of you. I promised I'd supply your need. I promised you everything would be all right. Look at me. I'm your God. I'm your Savior. Everything's going to be all right. There ought to be some hand clapping. There ought to be some rejoicing. God's got it all. There are some territorial lines that I am incapable of fighting. There are some principalities and powers that I cannot do by myself. So what God does, he puts me in the cliff of the rock. I know you're working. What Job said. You know why Job could say that? I feel something at work. But I can't see it. And because I can't see it, my carnal mind says, I am forsaken. But the Spirit says, I have gone. My time of vengeance has come. Do you not believe that I get tired of watching your enemy do these things to you? Is there not a moment in my life with you where I get tired of your enemy using you like a punching bag? If God, if God would help me. If God would just help me, if God would empower me, he may not. He may leave you safely and go where you can't go and do what you can't do. But when you see him again, stay stay standing. My my 15-year-old come into this world very unique. It's, it's It's been an attack since day one. We, uh, we, we were so excited about his birth, and, uh, well, a lot happened. But when we're in there, they had given her uh, a shot to help induce labor. And when they gave her the shot to help induce labor, she had what they called a titanic contraction. Every muscle in her body went into a charley horse. Every muscle. I mean, she drew up like a prune, just... And put so much pressure on the baby that she suffocated him. For 13 minutes and some 20 seconds, no heartbeat, no blood flow, no oxygen. And when they're trying to deliver this baby, it turns into absolute pandemonium. It's chaos. Doctors are running in there. They're prepping her for surgery. And I'm thinking, where are you, God? Now listen, you've got a choice to make right there. You can believe and know he'll never leave me. Or you can succumb to the fear. I feel like preaching right now. And so when they jerked me away from the bed and they started getting her ready for emergency surgery, something in me said, you don't have to put up with this. 
You hold the power. I know some of you are not going to believe this, but that's okay. I left her bedside. Am I telling right? I left her bedside. I walked out their little hospital room. I put my head against a cold concrete hospital wall. And when my head touched it, I said, Holy Ghost, you did not bring me to Orange County to bury a baby. You do not require blood sacrifice any longer. In your holy name, I pray right now that where there is life or where there is death, let there be life. And I said, when I walk back in that room, I want that baby healthy and alive. When I walk back in that room, the machine blew up. The baby's fine. Do you think I have the power to give life? I don't. But I just knew that fear that I fear. God, you've not forsaken me. You have not left me. But you've gone to do what I cannot do. You have crossed into enemy territory and you're going to... Do you not understand with me that there are some battles that you be able to fight and win? And the worst thing that can happen to a child of God is for you to feel forsaken. Or for you to think and not know the answer of where God goes when you feel forsaken. I've stood at the casket of loved ones. I've prayed for those in the hospital. I've counseled crisis after crisis. And there are a lot of times I've had to look at families and say, it does not make sense to me. So what happens? I'll tell you what happens. God in his infinite wisdom is doing something in you and with you and for you that you will never have the power to do by yourself. Despise not the day of small things. It may seem small and insignificant to you, but God's going to take it and magnify it, and God's going to get a miracle out of it. Hey, Jehoshaphat, there is some big trouble coming, Jehoshaphat. Matter of fact, there's three nations that's hired armies. Stay standing. They've hired armies, and they're going to kill you. They're going to wipe you out. You are done. That was the naysayer. But a prophet of the Lord stood and said, Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the battle is not yours. It's God's. Often in the Old Testament, God required their help. Few times God said, Stand aside. This one's one for me. The most frustrating feeling in all the world is when you feel like there's nothing you can do. You've prayed all you can pray. You've given all you can give, and you've talked all you can talk. Now what's left? Nothing. But the circumstances doesn't seem to change. So where is God? Did he forsake you? Did he void his word? Did he abort his promise? Or did he put you in a safe place and go and do what you can't do? Jehoshaphat, we're in trouble. We have no way out. But the Lord said, stand still, and we would see his salvation. Mm. This is God's preferred way of dealing with your enemies. He's always enjoyed getting behind enemy lines. Matter of fact, he does his best work where you can't see him. I feel so prophetic right now. We have a... we. I know you're on your knees. Hang on. I haven't forgotten you. There's hope. We have this, we have this preconceived idea in church 
that a day starts with the breaking of day and ends with the setting of the sun. But Genesis proves different to the church. And the evening and the morning were the first day. So when God gets ready to start a new day, he turns the lights off. He doesn't turn the lights on. And that just needs to work on your faith just a minute. He turns the light off when he gets ready to do something new in your life. How come we curse the darkness? How come we hate trials? How come we despise afflictions? Because we don't know that God works best in them. Because it's where we are incapable of working. Turn the light off, angel, because I'm fixing to create something new. And when creative work was done, the sun rose to reveal what the night produced. Oh, I feel so I feel so prophetic. Sis, I don't know what darkness is going on in your world. Right back there, you just wiped your I don't know what in the world's going on in your world, but I'm telling you right now, it may be dark, but the light's fixing to come on. And God's going to reveal to you and your family. He has been to work for you all along. Hey Israel. Hey, Israel, I know in Sunday school we learned that when the priest's feet that carried the ark touched the River Jordan that it rolled back. It really didn't. I know. It's not false doctrine. Here's what really happened. He led them to a certain place, and he let the sun go down on them. And the Bible says he caused a strong east wind to work all so when the priest's feet touched it, they revealed what the darkness had created. You want to know the greater miracle? Under the water, the wind blew and dried out the mud. The preacher just moved the water to reveal dry ground. There's, oh, God, I'm telling you, man of God, there's some of you people in here tonight, you're almost bitter at God because of what's going on in your life. You are angry at God because of what he did do or what he didn't do. And the Holy Ghost is telling me to tell you it's all right. He's got you right where he wants you. If you'll just, oh my God, if you'll just quit cursing the darkness and stand until you've done all and stand some more, that the day will reveal the prophetic process and God's got everything in Of nine, Phineas, what in the world are you doing touching the ark? Hey, guys, don't don't take that into battle. Oh, no. They lost the ark. And it should have been the darkest day in Israel's life, the day the enemy took the ark. But it wasn't. God said, watch this.
I can go where you can't go. I can do what you can't do. Eli got word the ark was taken. He cursed his grandson. Named him Ichabod. And then died. But all of a sudden, they take the ark and they put it before Dagon. And they said, this God will have to bow to this guy. And they shut the door and they locked it and made sure everything was. Do you know what their mistake was? They turned the light off. Because we went in the next morning, turned the light on. Dagon had fallen. And the preachers panicked. Now watch, I've never had to prop up God. But they had to prop up Dagon. They had to fix him, and they put him back up. And they made the mistake of doing the same thing the second time. And so the second night, the Lord said, I'll make this where you can't put him back together again. I'm going to take his hands. I'm going to take his face. I, I, don't, I don't know if you're getting this. When you can't do it, when you can't go there, when it is impossible for you to fix, when the light goes off and your world goes dark, I may not can see you at work, but I trust you're at work. I may not can put my finger on what you're doing, but I've lived for you long enough to know you work for me, not against me. I haven't forgot you. It is finished. Preached a message one time called it, not I. Jesus said, it is finished. He didn't say, I was finished. And the son, come on now. And the sun went dark. And guess who showed up in hell? You know why? Because I couldn't go there. We need to stand right now. It's Holy Ghost time. It's miracle time right now. It's time for people to get a miracle. Of this. Come on, don't quit clapping. Don't quit worshiping. Charge the environment. Come on. It's awful dark in my life. It's awful dark in my world. Good. Good. You know what that means? That means he's working for you. But I, I can't feel him. It's okay. It's okay. Don't panic. Relax. 
it's going to be okay. Because when the light comes on, it will reveal to you the glory and the handiwork of God. Because God will never leave us nor forsake us. But he will go where you can't. And he will do what you are incapable of doing. I, I, I'm out of time, but I, 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 I should have worked harder on who is this that cometh from Edom, from Basra. Basra was the capital city of Edom. It was the source of their enemy's power. There may be some princes that I can have the power to knock down and knock out. But there are some governing powers in this present world that God reserves the right. And could it be that when the lights go off, it's because I've done everything that I can humanly do, and now it's time for God to do what only God can do. See, that's why churches shouldn't despise their seasons of darkness. That's why saints should not despise your season of darkness. But if you don't understand that seasons of darkness is part of a day, it's the beginning of a creative process. It means you're going to the next place. It means something new is fixing to be revealed in your life. Don't curse the darkness. I, I, I just feel like, I feel like there's somebody in this place today that needs to hear this. My God, quit cursing the darkness. Before you get bitter, before you leave God, before you curse the church, before you make a tragic mistake, stop. Stop. Listen to me in the evening and the morning for the first day. In the evening and the morning for the second day. God created everything in darkness and revealed it by light. Salvation come from darkness but revealed by light. The crossing of God's people into the promises was in the darkness and revealed by light. Stop. There is a heavy prophetic voice in this place right now tonight. There are some of you that have not moved in four services that God is softening your heart right now. You need to hear what this preacher is telling you. Don't, don't move from this place right now. Don't move. Don't leave. Don't disengage. You have cursed your darkness. You have cursed your moment. You have grown angry at God in circumstances. That moment is over for you if you're going to survive. It's time for you to let your heart be softened in the presence of God and for you to realize God will never leave you. What about, I don't know. Well, how come? I don't know. See, that's what makes him God. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so are my. You're just going to have to let God be God. You'll never figure his ways out. But if you understand that when the light goes out, where are you, God? If God would just show himself right now, I'd feel a whole lot better. He won't because if he shows himself right now, the job's not done. Because when you see him the next time, you're going to say, who is that? 
Because he's not going to come meek and lowly. He's not going to come looking like a lamb. He's going to come with blood covered his vesture. I got to quit. But oh my God, when you see him now, he's not going to come in meekness and lowliness. He's going to come in strength and victory. He's going to look like the victor and not the victim. And he's going to stomp his foot and say, I got tired of what they were doing to you. I got fed up with what you were going through. And when I saw that you couldn't handle it any longer, and when I realized that you, oh my God, my God, my God, my God. I need you to lift your hands. You know I'm preached to you tonight. You, you know, you know God has talked to you tonight. I want you to lift your hands. Here's, here's what I feel right now. We're, we're going to have an altar call for anybody that does not have the Holy Ghost. That you, you, You've come tonight. You're hungry. You're ready to receive the Holy Ghost. You, you're ready to receive what God's got for you. If they are standing near you, reach over and take them by the hand and say, let me, let me go with you tonight. Do it, do it right now. If you're standing next to somebody without the Holy Ghost, invite them to come with you to this altar. If you need a refilling, if you need God, Come on. We're going to have two altar calls here. First one is this one. That's it. That's it. Come on, swag. Anybody else? Come on. Take them by the hand. That's your job. They're sitting next to you. Invite them. Need the Holy Ghost. You need God to do something, a renew, refilling. Anybody else? Thank you for coming. Somebody else? I think there's two more. I think there's two more. Come on, two more. Come on. God's not in a hurry. I'm not panicked. Everything's okay. Sir, when you lifted your hands a while ago, the Holy Ghost told me he's got something for you tonight. You're the one I was preaching to when he said he's going to soften the heart. You're the one. Right now where you stand, the Holy Ghost is going to start massaging your heart. Something's happened. It's got you angry and bitter. You're hurt. You're misunderstood. You cannot put it in proper perspective. But tonight, the Holy Ghost says, I'm going to take care of that battle for you. Right now, tonight, if you'd close your eyes and lift your hands, the miracle would start in your world tonight. Just like that. Let your hand go. That's it. Let your hand go. That's a work of the Holy Ghost. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Come on. We're not done here. We're not done. Come on, folks. Come on. 
Lift your hands. Make some noise. God's got a miracle for this man tonight. God's got a miracle for that man tonight. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right there with a stammering lip and new tongue. That's it. That's it. Yes. Yes. Right there. Stammering lip and new tongue. Come on, congregation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. You don't have any reason. I want you to lift your hands. Lift your hands. Restoration. A renewing, a refilling. You're not a beggar in his presence. You're a daughter. You still have the royal genetics flowing in your body. Come on. Right there, right there, right there. Yes. 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 With a stammering lip and new tongue. Right there, sis. That's it. That's it. That's it. Come on, church. Come on. That's it. Right there, right there, right there. Come on, folks. You ought to be more excited than this. Come on. There it is. There it is. That's how it works. That's how it works. She's talking in tongues right now. She's talking in tongues. I want everybody to lift your hands. I want everybody to glorify God. The best of your ability. This man needs a breakthrough tonight. The Holy Ghost will fight a battle for him. Come on, Joe. Joe, this whole church has got their hands up worshiping God for you. Every man and woman in this building has got their hands up believing that God's going to finish the miracle. Joe, open your mouth and let your tongue go. Stop living in the past. Know that God's got everything in control in your world right now.
miracle, miracle, miracle. Right, right now. Right here, right now. Come on. Turn the light on. Turn the light on. Speak the word. Speak the word. pastors ministering there the Holy Ghost is restoring there's a miracle going on right here in case you want to see a real miracle here's the second altar call and this is the people that have the Holy Ghost but you are you're angry you're bitter you are locked in a, in a season of misunderstanding you think God has forsaken you or you look back and see a season where you thought he forsook you It's time to deal with that. I want you to come. Come on, put your big boy britches on. Come on. It's time to get honest with God and let this die. Come on. You'd be surprised who's going to make this altar their home. Don't kneel. Don't kneel. We're not beggars here tonight. Come on in, sis. Come on in. There's going to be a lot of you coming. Come on. I prayed. I believed, and it didn't happen. And that right there has caused you to doubt. That's caused you right now to have a lack of faith. And you reek of no faith. It's time to deal with that crisis. It's time to deal with that dilemma. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. God bless you for coming. Come on. Come on. Folks, you're not hearing me. It's okay. It's okay. It's your humanity. That's all it is. It's this lack of knowledge. It's lack of understanding. I, I didn't know where you went. I thought you forsook me, but now, now I understand. You just went where I couldn't go. Come on. Come on. I do not feel released. I don't think the right people are all of them are up here yet. Come on. Come on, one more time. Thank you. Thank you. Please come on. Thank you, sir. Come on. Come on. Thank you. Come on. 
Come on, I got to convince you this is the safest place in the world you'd ever be right here. Come on. I prayed it didn't happen. I believed that it didn't happen. Where was God? Why? 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 You'll get your answer right here. Come on. Come on. There's a miracle of her mind taking place right now. Come on. You in this altar, lift your hands. Lift your hands. It's that universal sign of surrender. Now you're defenseless. Lift your hands. You're in a safe place now. There is nothing nor no one that can touch you or hurt you where you stand right now. Cast all your cares on Him. Tell Him about it. Tell Him. Tell Him. I thought you forsook me. When I looked for you, I could not find you. When I sought you, I could not find you. Come on. I'm praying with you. I looked for you, but I couldn't find you. Where did you go? You promised me you'd never leave me, but I felt so forsaken. You said you'd always be there, but when I looked for you, I couldn't find you. It's okay. Say it. Say it. Say it. Get it out of your system. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Oh, there's healing in this place. There's healing in this place. There's healing in this place. Oh, what a spirit of healing is in this altar tonight. Now, now I just want you to know, look at me. The Holy Ghost is saying, look at me. Look on me. Look at my vesture. Look at what I'm capable of that you're not. I went where you couldn't. I did what you couldn't. Don't you ever doubt. Don't you ever feel forsaken. Because I will never leave you and if the day comes when you ever feel like that you ought to just bow your head and say whatever you're working on for me wherever you've gone on my behalf thank you (laughs) thank you thank you for doing what I couldn't Thank you for going where I can. Let my eyes behold your day of vengeance. Let my enemy's blood drip off your vesture. Oh, God. Oh, God. Let healing in this altar. One more time all across this building. Hands lifted. Voices raised. Everybody in this altar, this is your moment of healing. This is your divine release. This is your moment.
wanted to see miracles, there are miracles in this altar. Come on, folks. The crown of thorns is at work right now. There are miracles in this altar. People are realizing. giant of a man is that your wife next to you would you bring your wife and come up here this thing is strings you and just holds you back and I want to look you right in your eyes and tell you that thing is gone when you left that place and you walked to this place you stepped out of the prison and you stepped into the land of promise that's what you feel right now that's what's happening to you right now that's what's on you right now you're fixing to watch, watch the Holy Ghost work on Joe right now go ahead whatever you feel like doing Joe you do it right now come on church Come on, help me, please. God's going to give this man and this woman a miracle right tonight. Go ahead. Right there, right there, let your hands go. That's a work of the Holy Ghost, go. Go ahead. Go ahead. He Come on, come on, come on. This is a breakthrough for this church. Stammering lips. 
God's given Joe a miracle and his wife a miracle. this moment means to you. Tell heaven what this moment means. Come on, church. you are in this building, if you need God, lift your hands. Wherever you are in this building, if you need a miracle, lift your hands. Whatever miracle you need, lift your hands. Come on. Right here, right now. Working for you, not against you. Working with you, not against you. Come on. Come on. When you feel it, do it. When you feel it, do it. When you feel him move on you, do what he asks you to do. Don't hesitate. Your miracle is in your response. Come on, church.
Come on. Come on. Get him up here. Lift your hands. Right here, right now. See what happens when you know that God's working for against you. Now do you see how God works when you understand He works for us, not against us? Go ahead, in the pew, go ahead, in the pew, in the chairs, go ahead. Come on, intercessor. Come on, prayer warden. Come on, fathers, mothers, come on.
here tonight and you came here tonight with a need in your life and you have your need hasn't been met yet, don't you leave here without stepping out and letting God do a work for you. Don't dare leave here without God ministering in your life tonight. If you're here and your specific thing hasn't been named or mentioned, you need to right now lift your hands toward heaven and you need to believe God for whatever it is that you need God to do in your life. In the name Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. everybody to lift their hands toward heaven right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on. He's walking your way. Here he comes walking your way. Here he comes walking your way. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, there's something happening right now. There's something happening right now. In the name of Jesus, He is walking your way. Who is this? It is I, mighty to save. It is I. Here I come. Here I come, and on me, on me is the residue of the victory I just won for you. On me is the residue, the proof that the battle is mine. On me is the blood of your enemy. On me is... you who he is. He told you what he's been doing. Now let's give him all that he's worth. Come on, come on. Come on. Yes. Yes. 
There's a river right now in this house. There's a river flowing in this house. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know there's been a lot of prayer go up for him from a lot of different folks. And I think tonight we need to do the same. I'd like, I, I want us to pray right now for the Morgan son. What, what is Colton? I want us to pray for Colton right now. Wherever he is, that God would touch his body. Reach down to him right now, Lord. You're not late, God. You're right on time. Walk into that room, Holy Ghost, and touch his body. Come on, this man has poured himself into our church for four services. Let's pour into his family right now. Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen his wife right now in the name of Jesus. Be with the man of God, Lord. Becca came tonight. I saw them at the restaurant today. Her and her husband. And she's here tonight. Her grandmother fell. Shattered her shoulder. Got a very bad report. We're believing God's going to do something great. She wanted to come here tonight to pray for her. And we told her we'd we would pray over cloth that we would send with her. Do you believe God's going to touch her grandmother? Pray with her right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that this would just be a contact of faith. Lord, the healing's not in the cloth. The healing is in you. But this is a point of faith. And when she receives this, God, and they pray with her, I am asking you, Lord, to touch her body. She needs a touch that comes from heaven. And we know, God, that you are able to do it. So we place it in your hands, God. We lay it at your feet, Lord. Let your will be done in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Brother Bo called me this week, and he'd had he'd had things begin to happen to him. He needs a touch in his body. He needs prayer, so let's pray right now, in the name of Jesus, great God of heaven and earth.
great God who has all power. Lord, there's healing in your wings. God, there's nothing too hard for you. I pray you touch his body. I pray that even from tonight, we would begin to see a marked improvement in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. One thing that all of us want to make sure of, and that is that that as we raise families, that the condition of our hearts in those in our family stays soft to the touch of the Lord, and that we do have ears to hear what the Lord would say to us. And I think there's one other thing I'd wanted to pray.